Turn with me in your Bibles uh, to Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. And uh, as we talk about worship, so we're talking about heart of worship, and there's all kinds of stuff to talk about, and we've got all kinds of things coming up. But do this for me, as we've done this in the last two services. Grab your bulletin, just look at the front of it, uh, and it is a super cool design on there. I didn't design it, uh, but I did ask the ladies to put on John 4.23 there. So if you will take a, a picture of that with your phone and text that to your family member who couldn't be here or your friends or whoever it is, we will uh, talk about that today and what that means. I think everybody's got a good idea about John 4.23, but hopefully through the, the sermon and the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you'll you'll get an answer for that. So um, mm -mm -mm. all right, so I was in Corinthians 12, but, uh, I was close. I appeal to you, uh, therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. We can worship the Lord in a lot of ways, and we're doing it through song and word and, and shouting and maybe even a little dancing. I want to I talk to somebody here in the church that has had a snow shovel in their hand. Uh, all you guys. All right. How about if you don't have a shovel? Anybody got the broom to do the broom? Broom. That's that's like when you're you just I ain't got a shovel, so I'm gonna do something and broom something, and then you go back inside and go, man, that didn't work, so I'm just gonna go back in. Um, ha. So confession time. We're uh, supposed to worship. So if you just read Romans 12, it's obvious that our lives are supposed to be a living sacrifice. That's, that's our act of worship to the Lord. Would you agree? Amen. By the way, I walk, talk, and all that. So uh, we're, um, me and your son, Mrs. Colfer, Pastor Aaron, we're, we're shoveling the sidewalks here at church. And uh, don't grumble when you do sidewalks. It's your house or the Lord's house. So we, we're done here, and then we're like, we got to go to north. we got to do that up there. So go up and do north. And you, I want to know if you guys are kind of like me. You probably aren't. You're holier than I am. But listen. So you go, and you do the walkways, and you do the entryways. And then you go, like, by the big front. You know, the, if you've never been to our north campus, there's a, there's a great big entrance, and it's a great big porch, and great big steps, and it goes all the way out to uh, Shackleford. It's a long, long ways. And I, so I got my snow shovel, and I walk around the building this way, and I'm going through the snow, and it's up real high. Everybody do the high step snow thing. And then I get around, and I see it's just like a sea of snow everywhere. And that was kind of like trying to turn a blind eye to, like, the whole front porch. I mean, it was high, and it's like, well, probably don't need to really do that. If you're, I mean... Anybody ever just do what you have to do? Okay. Uh, yes, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to say this. Um, <laughs> we did it <laughs> anyways. So Pastor Aaron comes around. He's like, man, what are you doing over here? I'm like, oh, man, I was trying to get out of this. And I, I was trying to rationalize. I go, God, there's probably not a whole lot of people who use the front porch or whatever. And uh, he goes, your front porch is done at your house. 
Take a drink of your coffee. Amen. Is that is it marinating now? So when God says that to you, try to, I don't know, I try to play it off every once in a while. Just like, you know, he, that's probably wasn't really God. <laughs> you know it was God for sure. Uh, and then so uh, that's, that's a way we can worship the Lord. And when God speaks to us, you need to yield to it um, or you'll find an excuse for it. Um, so let's worship the Lord that way. Um, let's pray. And we'll worship him today. So you kind of get, and I don't know what you guys are going to do when you leave here, but when God talks to you, just just do what he asks. Lord, we're, we're pretty fickle, and uh, we don't like being cold, too, by the way. Um, so help us where we're, uh, our flesh gets in the way of what we're trying to do, and uh, we, need to, we need to crucify that flesh uh, and let your spirit uh, well up to do what we're supposed to do. And uh, bless the offering today and bless the message today and all those who need a, a little extra special dose of your grace as we get ready for the Lord's Supper. And pray this in thy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So applaud the Lord. Let the offering be picked up. Go to John 4. Go to John 4. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to just read through it real quick because we're going to spend some time in it when we come back. So I got a quick video for everybody that's home, you're going to love it. It's, uh, it's about worship. So I'm going to read through 1 through 26, and, um, and then we're going to lock it in, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to just kind of cruise through it. Here we go, John 4. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. The Samaritan woman, I'm in verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to her, how is it? that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and, it would have, and he would have given you living water. So that needs to be underlined. That's part of our sermon here. Um, the woman said to her, Sir, you have nothing to draw the water, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Question mark. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well to drink from himself as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's, that's a good point to just kind of let that marinate and be thinking about the, the story here. And, and you can plug yourself in there if you if you've been through this or need to be in this or whatever it is. And I believe everybody at some point in their life gets with Jesus at this point, whether you're sitting on the well or you're sitting in your truck or you're wherever it is. And, and if you haven't had that experience, I'm going to believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, you get that today. It's just, he's just coming to your house. Here we go. Um, the woman said, sir, give me this water so uh, I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the one uh, you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. 
He's reading her mail. And he's reading yours too. Just let it just let it soak in. This is how hearts get changed. God knows all. God knows all. He knows what's going on before you walked in the building. This thing is baptized in the love and the spirit of God. So if it gets on you, just let it do what it's supposed to do. Verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what, we, what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him uh, must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I, I know the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I, I who speak to you am he. So this is the word of the Lord. Let's roll that video. I felt the sting of the fire.
Come on. Is it phony? Is it phony? It's not phony. So, um, speaking about worship, so um, if I'm choosing a video, I, I believe that it adds value to the to the message. And so, when I go through these videos and and they're sending me some, and and I know what I'm looking for, kind of thing, and then I got to get it cropped so it, it stays on the message that I want it to stay on. It can't. I can't waste your time or mine by putting something up here that doesn't have value to it. It's just or cheesy or fluffy. You can see when worship is authentic or it's phony. You can see that. So if we can see that, God can too. Now say hello. That's, that's you know, for real. Like, do you really want to shovel the, you know, the front stairs and all that kind of stuff? Man, you got, here, here's the deal. If you don't, you better get with the program. Um, I think that's what God's after. He's after, he's after some people who are really want to go to like next level type thing. That's committed all in passionate. Maybe the word today's passion. He's passionate about their worship, passionate about being at church, excited that I'm not here in someplace else. Um, so as we go uh, to break this down, um, be thinking of yourself and your family members and however you came in. Jesus is learning that these Pharisees um, were upset that his group was baptizing more than the Pharisees were. The Pharisees were making a competition out of being a follower of God, which I don't believe they were followers of God. I think, here's what I believe today, church. I believe that religion gets in the way of people truly wanting to worship God. This, hey man, hey man, whether whether you're Baptist or Pentecostal or Catholic or Lutheran or whatever, that religion could get in your way of worshiping God. If they if they tell you, if they tell you that you can't worship God that way, that ain't the church for me. If there if there's a handbook on the do's and don'ts of worshiping God. That's the wrong place, man. And, and, and I think about that just not only as a church, but as a nation. I, I, think, I think that the tyrants are coming after Christians and, and trying to control and manipulate and, 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 and not allow you to freely worship the Lord. And uh, you'll have to choose what king you're going to serve. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. All right, so let's get into the worship part of this, and, and it gets pretty, it gets pretty, um, it gets pretty thick real quick. Let's go to four three. So he leaves Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he came to pass through Samaria. So right here we can already see that Jesus isn't worried about uh, the Samar uh, the people in Samaria, or 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 the culture of the people in Samaria. Now see Jews made it a point to not go through Samaria. They went around it because the Samaritans didn't look like them, dress like them, talk like them, or whatever. And, but you know something I like about Jesus? He don't care what other people think. He just went right on through Samaria anyways. 
and, and just kind of like, you know what, deal with it. I like hanging out with these guys. You know, and, he, and they didn't like it when the Jews married uh, uh, the people from Samaria, and they were called Samaritans and all these kind of things. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful that God used this, uh, the good Samaritan to, to pick up the person that was in the ditch when all the religious do-gooders walked past him? He's making a point. I think he's doing that today, too. He doesn't care what religion you are or where you came from. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with religion just as long as religion's not your God. Amen? Don't let it supersede what the Bible says. The Bible has to be your final authority. And if somebody don't like it, they need to get to stepping is what I'm saying. I don't know if that's in the Bible, but I just said it. Sounded cool. Let's keep reading on. So, uh, so he goes, through, and I could, I could preach a whole message on that and, and all that. And I, I don't want to be caught up to where I only, I only, Pastor Jay, I only hang around Lutheran people. I only hang around Pentecostal people or whatever. I want to hang around everybody that's in, 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 into, into uh, Christianity and, and the things of God. Amen. I don't want to be around them. I want to grow from them. And some people worship, the God, uh, worship God and maybe they're a little quiet. Some are a little more charismatic and maybe some are in between and maybe some are on their way. I think all that stuff is stuff that we need to celebrate, uh, amen, because we're not all alike. Um, so he came to uh, verse 6. It said, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So here's where the stage is set. So Jesus is tired. What the, what the Bible's letting you know is Jesus is fully God, and he's fully man at the same time, and he never uses deity to strike people down or get him out of I shouldn't say it that way, uh, to strike people down, or in this particular instance, um, he wanted to sit down not only because he was weary, but because there was a reason why he sat down, and that's this whole story here today. It said, verse 7, it says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Think about that for just a second. So here's this Samaritan woman, comes down, it's at noon, Jesus is there at the well, and maybe you can put yourself in this place. I don't know where Jesus met you. Maybe it wasn't at a well. Maybe it was in a truck. Maybe it was in Hollywood. Maybe it was down the street, wherever it was. Remember when Jesus came to you and he said something to you. I don't know if it was give you a drink or straighten up or whatever or take the deal. For me, it was take the deal. That's exactly what he said to me. He said, take the deal. I remember where I was, what time it was, and all that. I remember what was going on in my life. And, and, he, and if he hasn't said something to you, you need to ask him, please, Lord, speak to me. Say that with me. Please, Lord, speak to me. He will. He will. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to her, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would have given you living water. Uh-oh, something's going on here. Living water. So he, she still, so it's kind of like when I was, before I was born again, me and Jesus were far apart. Far apart in every aspect. You know, he was good, I was doing evil and, and all that. But every once in a while, somebody would drop a hint about Jesus. And I remember some of them were my mom or my grandma or, or you know, somebody or, uh, you know, uh, my Uncle Bud or Big Jim or somebody. And I remember uh, when my Uncle Bud gave me my first Bible. And I wasn't, I wasn't saved, I was far from saved. And it was a Bible. I, I knew inside the contents was holiness, but I just didn't quite understand it. And I would come home, and I, and I set that Bible on my, on my dresser, and I told my wife, I go, don't put anything on top of that thing, because, like, I didn't know what would happen, but something could. 
I mean, so it happened to you too, right? I mean, you've, you've been, if you've been there, just amen or something. So just like it, it's just something in here. In the pages, in the bowels of this book, there's something in here that is like super special. I don't know what it is, but I know one thing. I don't want the clothes. She would come and put my clothes on the dresser. And I was like, man, don't, mm, don't put them on that. Amen. Same with this lady. She's going, man, something's going on. This dude's asking about living water, and, and she's talking to a girl. It's in the middle of the day. She's a, a Samaritan, and she's got a history. And Jesus knows you have a history, too. And he's cool with it, man. He, he, he wants to sit down and, and, and get it straight and get that to be, get that to be the past. Amen? Okay, so let, let's, let's find out, because he's trying to get to the heart of worship uh, with this lady. Um, Verse 11, the woman said, sir, uh, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? So she now she's starting to believe it doesn't come from the well. It's living water, and I can't get it here, and, and you ain't got anything to draw. You must be speaking of another kind of water. And I think about that for a while, and, 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 and it, that well could never fill up the void that's in this woman's life. You remember before closing time or on Saturday night for young people's stores were closed on Sunday. So on Saturday night, you needed to make sure that you had enough for Sunday. I'm speaking about drinking alcohol. Because I couldn't imagine, Laurel, my life being without beer on Sunday morning. And, then, and if you had to resort to 3-2, you could go to Pantera's. Come on, Chris. Or go over the bridge, you know, go over the bridge. That's Illinois if you're watching from another location. Or you listen to the message first because I can't. Hold on, Bruce. I can't imagine my life without that on Sunday. Have to have it. Can't run out of that. And then you could never get enough. And, and, and what you saved for Sunday, Tina, you drank Saturday night. Because it, you, could, you could have it stacked up. And you went through it. Because that's what human beings do. Maybe yours wasn't beer. You're laughing. Maybe yours was something else. You're making phone calls. Jesus is saying, I got something that will fill that void. Um, it, this, this is where things start to get thick. And we can, we can just drop the house lights down just a little bit. And let, let, me, let me kind of bring this to you today because, you know, my wife even said, she said, there's, there's something about this message here that, that, that's, that's it's spot on for some of you. Um, where do you get the living water? And uh, so go down to, oh, go down to 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob? So she's starting to put two and two together. He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus, verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water I give him will never be thirsty again. Boy, I'll tell you what, now I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging that. Because 
you remember one's not enough and a hundred's too many or whatever. This is the same thing that's going on here. He said, you're, you're trusting in the things of the world to fill you up. It's, I don't care how old you are, whether you're, you know, young or old. The only thing that will fill your void is Jesus. And he says, uh, the water I give him will become in him spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me, say this with me, class, give me this water. Just get, just give me this water. And I still don't think she knows who she's talking to, but she knows there's something different about Jesus than the rest of the guys in the town. And if, if, if I'm ahead of myself, and you know where I'm going, say amen. Because we're going there. And, and Jesus is getting ready to get in her Kool-Aid here. 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Girls, say it with me. He ain't your old man. Five, he said, you, you've been with five dudes, and the one you got up in your house now, he's somebody else's guy too. We still okay? She's starting, she, he's dumping it back in her lap and goes, you got, you got an issue here, young lady. And, and hers just happens to be men. Yours could be women or dope or drink or Whatever it is, shopping, whatever it is, he's, he's dumping it back in your lap today so you can deal with it. You're going to have to take it to the cross to get it fixed because I can't fix it for you. And neither can your mommy or your daddy. Come on now. Uh, now she's getting really close in verse 19. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So, man, she's almost there. He's a prophet. He's a teacher. He's this, that, and the other in a bag of chips. But she needs to make sure she calls him Messiah or Lord. I think that's what a lot of times church folk do when they come in. They go, oh, we heard about Jesus. That's good. That'll get me in. Oh, no, that won't get you in. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say, so here's what, here's what, she gets into this mountain, you know, we worshiped on this mountain and all this kind of thing. See, God, those are people who serve false gods. They went up high on a mountain and they did sacrifices and they killed bulls or doves and sometimes they sacrificed their own children on the mountains to their false gods. God's not asking for a dead sacrifice. He's asking for a living sacrifice. He's asking for you. He's asking for you to live for him. So, and he's letting her know, he's, he's going to let her know, you don't, it's not where you worship at, it's how you worship, and he's trying to get to her heart. So he says, you'll neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
So I talked about this to some people this morning about this, this spirit and truth. So, and, and I think we all kind of got our head wrapped around what he's wanting to do here. So if you keep with the theme of what John's talking about here in his book, whether he's talking to Nicodemus in chapter 3 or, or he's talking about himself in, in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That pertains to what he's saying right here to this lady. He said, the Father, God the Father, is looking for people to worship him in spirit and truth. That's what the Father is seeking, such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And we'll come back to this. we got two more verses. The woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming because she read about it. She heard about it in the Old Testament that somebody might have read Isaiah to her and go, we're waiting for the Messiah. We're waiting for the Messiah. Everybody's waiting for the Messiah. Here's the deal. The Messiah's already came and died for your sins. It's time for you to make a move and not an excuse anymore. God is looking for some people to rise up and worship him. Not holy worship, holy worshipers. That's you. That's me. And it's not just for the praise team. It's for all the people who are saints. And if you won't stand up and worship the Lord, he'll, cry, he'll get rocks to do it. Mm-hmm. So watch this. This is, going to be your, this is going to be your aha moment. She said, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Oh, my gosh. Hold on for a second. All of a sudden, now he's, now he's really in her mix. She's sitting on the well. Jesus is sitting there, and they're talking back and forth. She goes, I'm waiting for the Messiah. I'm waiting for the Everybody's always waiting for the Messiah. It's kind of like the way the workforce is in the United States of America. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Here's the deal. You're running out of time. America's running out of time. It's time for Americans to get back engaged and get back in the workforce and get back to church and shout about Christ. Come on, church. I'll ask you to rise, and I got a story to tell you because it it just numbs my mind. I told my dad, I think I'm an alien. I just did. I told him, I said, Dr. D, I said, said, Pop, I said, "I'm I'm I'm a dang alien. I just, I'm an alien. I'm not from this planet. Because this ain't, the, this, ain't, this ain't the America that I grew up in. One of my deacons sent me a picture of a marquee from a Burger King sign. And on the sign it said, work today, we'll pay you tomorrow. That's, that's the incentive that they're doing for kids. If you show up today, we'll pay you in the morning so you'll come back again. Think about that for just a second. When I started work, you used to have to wait two weeks. There was a, a waiting period. Well, we, we Miss Colfer, we can't wait. We can't wait. We we got to have it right now. Here's the deal, youngsters. You can't handle right now. It, it's just amazing to me, man. How Terry, how we let it go like this. So Jesus is coming to this lady and said, I am he. That, would, that just blew me back when I got, I'm going to just tell you about when I got saved. When I got saved, it was the same thing. Jesus came to me and said, I am he, in, in, in one form or fashion. And uh, it brings me back to the Old Testament when, when Moses kept going back to Pharaoh. 
and going, who should I say sent me? Who should I say sent me? And he's waiting for all this, that, and the other. And he says, uh, he said, tell him I am has sent you. You'll get it in a minute. <laughs> it's the same guy who's sitting on the well. He said, I'm he. And he's fixing to show up in your life today. I, I, I am, and I remember that when I first got saved, I first got saved, Chris, I got saved, and I was at home on a Friday night reading my Bible. I was reading my Bible, and I flipped that page, and I said, I am who I am. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I got on the phone. I called Big Jim. I go, man, I go, this is blowing my mind. He said, keep reading. God will, God will, watch this. God will do just some straight up crazy stuff in your life. Crazy stuff and, and change your life. Me and Pastor Aaron went to a boxing match last night to support some, some friends of ours. And uh, we were standing there against the wall, and we were there just because we wanted to support the, the function and the people. They come to our box events, too. And Mike and Mikey and everybody, they were there. The guy walked, he walked, this guy, a group of guys walked past me a couple of times, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he looked at him over. He said, he said, are you, are you Pat Rankin? I can't tell you the whole story, but I'll just tell you. And basically, he just kind of said something. He said, you're, you're, I won't go into the whole verbiage. He said, shouldn't I call you something else? And I said, I'm a pastor now. He said, I know that. He said, it's good to see I ain't seen him in like 30 years. I wonder what he, I wonder what he noticed. Maybe I wasn't partaking the way I used to partake. Maybe I wasn't swearing the way I used to swear. Maybe I was wearing my church hoodie. See, God's called us to be different. And it ain't about putting on the ritz. It's about, watch this class, it's about being real. It, it's, it, you got, watch this, you, you, can't, you can't trick God. All God's looking for is some cats that are real. Hey, you guys are just like me. You can't stand somebody that's phony. Amen. Double talking. Fork tongue. Ladies can spot them a mile away. Oh, girl, she's, she's as fake as they get. And dudes will just be like... Oh, man, I, they're a little more abrupt. But the, the end's the same. God can spot a phony a mile away. God don't want you floating your boat or whatever, tooting your horn. If your horn needs to be tooted, I told you he'll toot it for you. But until then, let's just keep serving the Lord and be authentic. Amen. Here's what I'm saying today, church. As long as God gets the glory, who cares who got, how he got there? Somebody gets saved. It don't matter if you let him or we let him or however it happened. Just as long as God gets the glory, I'm cool with it. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you today. And we got the Lord's Supper today. And that's one of my, 
one of my favorite things I can honestly tell you, I love the Lord's Supper and what it means and the way of worshiping Him. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a full covenant agreement God has with you. I'm glad that I serve a full covenant God, aren't you? A full covenant. Died all the way for our sins and poured out His blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're going to pray for somebody who's not saved right now, whether they're in this sanctuary, they're watching the broadcast, wherever they're at. I love, I love talking to people. I love talking to them. Me and my wife, Mike, called the promoter of the boxing match before it started. He's a good friend of ours. And I just prayed for him. And I got to the boxing match, and I wanted to see him before I left. And I hugged him. He said, man, he goes, I'm so glad you and your wife called me and prayed for me. I got off the phone and told my wife, Pastor Pat and his wife just prayed for me. And, uh, and, uh, and God, God has favor on, on people who pray, I think. She like praying for people that need Jesus. I like being part of their lives, don't you? I want to pray for you and your family today. Do you have anybody in your family that's unsaved? I'd like to pray for them today. Would you step in and stand for them if they're, if they're not born again? Would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for, somebody in that family? And you, can, you don't have to name their name. You just say, I got, I got somebody in my family that ain't even, not even, watch this, Big Steve, not even saved. I mean, just like not even at all saved. That's a, we, we got an issue there. There is a, there is a, Randy, there's a serious issue when somebody in your family ain't saved. Pastor Mark, we need to step in and pray for that family because they're important to God and they're important to us. This is a, this is important business, isn't it, class? Let's pray for them together. Father God, for the people that are here and, and maybe uh, there's probably a, just a busload of people on live stream today. Oh, Jesus. Sound the alarm. We're, the, we're, in a, we're in a state of emergency in America. We've got complacent. We need to knuckle down and get with it. God, we need to quit making excuses for one another. People need to be saved. They need to watch this class. They need to be born again. Say that. They need to be born again. They need to be born again. Oh, we're going we're gonna to call out the prayer warriors on this one. And for all those who got a hand raised or their hearts raised, we're praying for that family member who ain't born again. We're going to step in and pray for them right now. Save their soul, Lord. That's what you do. God's been doing it for a long time now. He saves souls. Man, that's a good thing. I like that. And then I'm going to pray for the saints before we get ready. And I know Mr. Mark's going to, Pastor Mark's going to pray for it too. He's going to talk to you about getting your heart ready before the Lord's Supper. This is going to be a, this is going to be a good one here. Lord, as we get ready, we get our, our, our bodies and our minds and most of all our hearts ready for the Lord's table. We're going to be able to, to walk out of these doors and just skip and dance and holler about the love of Jesus that's in our heart. We're, we're going to partake in this full covenant agreement and receive.
receive its blessing and receive its power. And Lord God, we'll continue to do your bidding until you come back to get us. As we give you the glory, this church gives you the glory. In thy name of Jesus, his people said amen.